Welcome to episode 15 of the Down the Stretch podcast. And of course, coming up to you here on the 4th of July. Man, uh, it's hard to believe that half the year is over, but here, yet here we are. Uh, Sean, any big plans on the 4th of July? Just hanging out with family. What about you? Man, it's the same thing. My wife has to work, so it's going to be just a lot of me and the baby and just kind of watching some whatever's on TV, really, uh, which, of course, is day game baseball. That's all there is at this point of the year. If you watched the Astros today, it was a dandy. Absolutely. Good good win, series win over the Texas Rangers. But that's here nor there. Let's get into some real good sports right now. Let's get into the NBA free agency. Kicked off on Friday. And, of course, you know, we already got some master signings, um, some good signings out there. The Rockets get their guys. Uh, and then, of course, there are some players who say on the current team with, with, who made some good money made some less money. So, Sean, give me your best signing of the uh, of the free agency season so far. The best free agent signing is my, in my opinion, and as much as I don't really care for him, is Draymond Green back <laughs> to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, uh, I think I think that was a good sign to get him back in Golden State, along with Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Chris Paul, um, and also Andrew Wiggins. So we're gonna see what they're gonna do for size right now with the Golden State Warriors because uh, they really don't have it. Uh, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, you're, you're talking about Draymond Green being a 6'10", a 6'9", 6'10 guy. It, it's hard to believe that that, that starting five is going to all be 6'10 and under. Um, and so I also I, I made the comment to you on, on Friday when this news came out that it's interesting that he took less money. Uh, he, remember, he opted out of $27.4 million and then it goes up for $25 million per year for the next four years. I mean, man, what a great deal for him. Uh, and, of course, with the Golden State Warriors, and, of course, it kind of keeps that core together of, of Steph and Draymond. Now, of course, I have to figure out what happens with Clay after this year is over. But I imagine the, the hard part is going to be, um, and you mentioned it too, they're going for a title, you know, and, and that's no doubt. They're going to try to give it one last run of a title. But, man, what happens when that's over? And we just don't know what the Warriors will look like. Of course, without Draymond, because we haven't had to have that conversation just yet. But they get in a Chris Paul, and they get a Draymond, and they get you know they get Kaminga back for another year. I'm very interested in what what it looks like mid season when they're you know not necessarily load managing, but you know there's going to be like Chris Paul. Let's let's go ahead and put it out there. Isn't going to play 82 games. You know um, we we know eventually he's going to get hurt. It'll probably be in the second round of the playoffs. When they're up three games to two, not sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little flashbacks going back there. But man, PTSD. yeah, how crazy is it that, you know, uh, we know he's going to get hurt. We know he's not going to play 82 games in the regular season. We know Steph's not going to play 82 games. Draymond may play 75 games. But man, like, what's it going to like in the playoffs? Again, would that, would a Chris Paul of this year help them out against the Lakers? We don't know. But right now, I'm interested in what they do there. I'm more interested in the Rockets getting Fred Van Vliet. It's somebody that that was been on their radar for the entire month of June. Um, we I've heard we've seen reports from you know Sham Sharanda and 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 uh, and Woj and those guys, and we're like, oh, Fred Van Vliet, ah, that's a good that's a good target. But what if we don't get Fred Van Vliet? What happens? Because it reminded me a lot of the Chris Bosh situation in 2014. All of June, when the finals were over, the Rockets were linked to Chris Bosh. And then free agency hit. Of course, we know LeBron goes back to Cleveland. 
Chris Bosh says, okay, I'll stick around in Miami. And, of course, we know the next year he has the blood clot issue and he doesn't play. But coming all the way through June, and they were like, oh, the Rockets are going to, you know, really target Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what if we, we may get Dylan Brooks because we know he's going to be a free agent. He's definitely leaving Memphis. But Fred Van Vliet would be great to have, but is he going to leave Toronto? And then all of a sudden, boom, here it is. He leaves Toronto. And I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. We get our guys. And so the Rockets, you know, Raphael Stone really does play it well, and he gets his guys. And I have to admit, I, I'm very pumped about the Fred Van Vliet signing. Fred Van Vliet was a great signing. Should the Rockets pay too much? Eh, maybe, but, you know, the CBA, the CBA calls for that now. So that's right. everybody's like, well, you paid Fred Van Vliet more than Kyrie Irving – uh, got paid by the Mavericks. Yeah, you're probably right, and it did happen. But uh, you got to look at this way: CBA kind of controls a, little, a lot of that. So yeah. <clears throat> that was Let's a also big too. We, we've seen Kyrie ruin a lot of teams. You know, Kyrie wasn't very good, but in Cleveland before LeBron got there. Then when he's winning, LeBron says, "Hey, I want to go do it on my own." Goes to Boston. You know, essentially got them to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs, and then he ruins that team. And it's like, I don't want to be on this team. Goes to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. We know how that all turned out. Goes to a team that I, I believe when he got to Dallas, they were a seven seed. They were at least in the, in the move for a play-in game. And they move all the way out of the play-in Saturday. I mean, they get belong. They, I think they were the 11 seed in the West. So it's not like he went in there and was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be great with Kyrie. I think the Rockets, I mean, of course, the Rockets not going, you know, paying Fred Van Vliet more. Let's take it out, for example. Fred Van Vliet was really good in Toronto. He did. And I'll tell you this, you know, with Fred Van Vliet, not only did they get him, they got Dylan Brooks, which I think, you know, that's going to be good for them, especially yeah. defensively. That's going to bring that's going to bring the identity to the Rockets from a defensive culture. And you got to really like that. And I'll say this on, on top of that, back to Kyrie. You know, not a lot of teams were lined up begging for his services. That's why you saw him go back to Dallas. That's why you saw James Harden opt back in to go to Philadelphia, because yeah. My guess is he was trying to get, you know, bigger money than he was getting right now per year by Philadelphia, and he wasn't getting it. So he said, I might as well go ahead and get my $35 million this year and then get traded to a contender. No, so I, I, I don't think the – for James Harden and Kyrie, it extended past probably two or three teams probably kicking the tires. Yeah, and, and I think we kind of see kind of what was going on there. And, of course, we see a lot of we have – um, you know, Kyrie going back to Dallas, Austin Reeves back to the Lakers, Draymond back to uh, Golden State, Russell Westbrook. I want to talk about that contract. Russell Westbrook, who's getting paid $40 million for the last, you know, $40, $45 million for the last, what, four or five years on like four different teams. Two years, $8 million. Talk about taking a pay cut. You got to love it. Russell Westbrook's making less than two years and some of the college football stars would be within IL money. That's right. I mean, think about it. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I, I saw that number. And I was like, I've got to be missed. I got to be, they've got to miss like a zero or whatever. No, it's a real deal. Two years, $8 million. And oh, I didn't do a double take myself. I went back. I, I saw I myself. I didn't look at like three different sources. I was like, what? I, I was like, two years. Sources. I could have sworn like ESPN got it mixed up. I thought they were like, oh, they forgot to put a zero or Yahoo forgot to put a zero. I was like, no, nah, it's got this can't be right. And sure enough, it's seven and a half million, right? For two years. Yeah. And, and you're sitting there going, hmm, that's not right. And well, was it was it a player option for the second year or was it a team yeah, option, player for, option the for the second year? It's a player option for the second year. 
And so, and, I mean, he's with the Clippers. So, I mean, you know, he'll he'll be the one guy that plays 82 games on the Clippers. Because you know, you you know, Kawhi's not. You know, Paul George is not. At least the Clipper fans will have somebody to chip for for 82 straight games. The Clippers are pushing all their chips in with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> love it, right? He's our X Factor. Yeah, we love showing up X Factors in July. The, uh, the pun was intended there for the X Factor. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, that pun was very intended for the uh, year of 2020. But we'll talk more about that. Look, you'll have to get in our inside jokes and stuff like that. But Damian Lillard agree, decides he wants out of Portland. They they draft Scoot Henderson, um, and of course everybody's like, "Hey man, they got Scoot Henderson. What happens now? What who's going to blink first? Who's going to either is Dane going to demand a trade or is uh, Portland is going to ship him out?" Dame, Damian Lillard comes out the other day and says, "I want out." I mean, we all know we, we we've seen it in the news since the finals were over. He would like to go to Miami, and I think Miami's. I think they said basically he's only willing to waive his no trade clause to go to Miami, and I, I mean for whatever that's worth. But, I mean, I think personally, Damian Lillard has done a great job in Portland. I, I've seen him hurt the Rockets a couple times. So getting him out of the West would not be the – would not be the – would not be the worst thing for the Rockets. No, I mean, you know, for him to go to Miami, yeah, he'd be going to the East and wouldn't be – it'd be a good scenario for the Rockets. But, you know, Miami's got to give up Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, probably some other assets to get Damian Lillard. And to me, yeah. it's just kind of like, is it really worth it if you're the Miami Heat, right? I mean, you get to the conference finals this past year with that, without Tyler, Tyler Hero in the finals for the majority of it. Do you really want to cash, cash all this in and go all in for Damian Lillard? Don't get me wrong. He's a top seven, a top ten player when he's healthy, right? Yeah. But I just don't, I just don't think at this point you want to give up those type of assets right now. I think the biggest thing when you talk about about Damian Lillard with with you know with with Tyler Hero, remember they made the Miami made this run without Tyler Hero. Now you're gonna have somebody that's actually gonna play. That's gonna be great. Um, I will say this: I think if you are, I think if you're Miami, you're tired of coming up just shy. Remember 2020, they made the finals. They lose in five games to uh, to the Lakers. Uh, I remember watching that in the bubble and watching like Jimmy Butler be very exhausted after each game, like bending over uh, against the railings. Um, of course, there were no fans there in, 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 at Disney, but he's leaning over the railings every time. Uh, then you turn around and they made, I think they made the conference finals two of the next three years. And this year, of course, making the finals, getting it to six games. I, I mean, I think the only difference is if you do end up getting rid of, if you end up getting rid of Tyler Hero for Damian Lillard, guess what? You just got somebody that's going to play. That's all you're really doing. Now, does that mean that they're going to go out there and run the East again? I don't think that's what it means, but we'll have to see what happens. I'm I'm going to give you two teams I think are going to be in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes: the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. I see Boston, and I think Boston is going to be a team that tries to do it just be, just so Miami doesn't have them. Um, it wouldn't make sense to take the ball and basically to have Jason Tatum and Damian Lillard on that on the same team. Uh, two guys who both need the ball. We're seeing that right now with Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, about two guys who have to have the ball in their hands to make work, and I think it's just not working. But if you bring Damian, then it becomes another situation. But, you know, I think that becomes like, you know, Jason Tatum going, what, you not think I'm enough? Um, I think it's time for Boston to just give up, to give the team to Jason Tatum and say, listen, 
this is your team. What, what are you going to do with it? And I don't know what he'll do with it, but I tell you what, I, I wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me if Boston makes a huge run, uh, or even lands him because that could be a big thing. Uh, I'd also um, Brooklyn. Why not? Brooklyn's got Brooklyn has the assets. I don't see why they wouldn't make a run for him. Hey, you trade uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and probably another first and a second rounder, yeah. maybe another player. And then essentially you have, uh, you know, Damian Lillard's your point guard and you have him teamed up with Mikel Bridges and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and, yeah. uh, and also Ben Simmons. They're going to have the pieces. I mean, you know, of course, Brooklyn has the young pieces. And, of course, we know we basically own that Brooklyn draft for a long time if you're the Rockets. Uh, I think you're a pick swap next year instead of uh, uh, switching draft picks. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm imagining if you are if you're a Rockets fan, you do not want them to get Damian Lillard because they're going to make the playoffs. That means you don't get a lottery pick. That's right. So thank you, James Harden. Yeah, appreciate you, James. Uh, I, I, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so oh, and speaking of that, did you see it was um, Bonilla Day yesterday, or was yeah, the day before Bonilla that? Bonilla Day, man. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, I'll go into that right now. I mean, just a little briefly, but Bobby Bonilla, legend, legend, hasn't played since 2000, still getting paid, you know. And so uh, you're seeing a lot of these deals. And, of course, I, I mean, I saw this yesterday. There's another, There's two other players that, are get, that took advantage of the Bobby Bonilla deal. One is Manny Ramirez from the Red Sox uh, mm-hmm. in the late 2000s. Um, and then, of course, Max Serger from the Washington Nationals in 2019 signed a big deal uh, before he got traded to the uh, to the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. He got paid $15 million yesterday. Manny Ramirez got paid $5 million yesterday. So Bobby Bonilla changing the sport for guys who plan to retire and get money later in life. Manny Ramirez, crazy dude. But Bobby Bonilla, you are the man. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if it's $1.5 million or whatever. Sir, you made a deal that that really and truly is the most amazing deal you're ever gonna find. 1.9 million. Gotta love it, man. Gots to love oh. it. But uh by one day yesterday, that was or two days ago, that was great. Um, now let's go into changes at ESPN. Uh, we're gonna end this really briefly. Me and Sean, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much you know Sean did this, but growing up, ESPN was my jam. I always thought ESPN was where I was gonna end up. And you start seeing these different guys uh, regularly on ESPN. Now, this this list of people that have been let go, and we don't have to go through all of it, but I'm going to give you a couple of names that surprised me. Jeff Van Gundy. Like, you get rid of Jeff Van Gundy. Sorry, he was the, he's the best color commentator in, in sports right now, you know, in basketball to me personally. And so he gets let go. Uh, another person, Susie Colbert. I mean, maybe people don't really watch her a lot, but look, man, on Monday Night Countdown, she was fantastic on the field. And so she's been there for what 30 years of what it said. And so I was like, man, 30 years on the job. Um, Matt Hasselback gets put back, um, uh, gets gets fired. I, I thought he was doing a good job. Steve Young, uh, Todd McShay. I, I was very surprised about Todd McShay. I thought for sure that would be like, hey, Mel Kiper, you can start making your way out of here. But Todd McShay gets the axe before Mel Kiper does. And so I'm, I'm very interested where you know what this means. For uh, for ESPN, but Sean, what are your thoughts on that? A few of those names were surprises, like you mentioned. You Steve Young, Jeff Van Gundy. I'll give you another one, David Pollock. Oh yeah, college game day. I mean, David Pollock to have him removed and and basically let go from ESPN was a huge 
media hosts there on college game day yeah. with Herb Street and Fowler and Corso. I mean, they, they've been doing that for the last several years. Yeah. And that that's huge. And I'll tell you another one, Jalen Rose. Yeah, I, I thought Jalen Rose deserves some more time now. I thought him on NBA Countdown and things like that have been fantastic. I can also see Jalen Rose. The only reason I'm not really so shocked by Jalen Rose is you can tell they were trying to take a little bit more responsibility from him. And he's really good friends with ben, uh, Bill Simmons. And so I thought this is going to be that transition for him to get to uh, the ringer with Bill Simmons. Yeah, it's possible. You could be right there. Now, one, I was not shocked by Max Kellerman. I was not surprised by Max Kellerman. Good Lord. I've never been a big fan of Max Kellerman. Um, good boxing analyst. Don't get me wrong. Terrible on first take. Terrible on get up. Like, there, there's not been anything that he's been on that I've been like, I got to watch Max Kellerman. And maybe he'll go with Skip. Yeah, that'd be a great fit. And I will definitely never watch Undisputed ever again. Skip will roll over him every day. <laughs> Skip, would, Skip would kill Max Kellerman. And I'm just with logic. And I, I'm just saying, like, that would just be like, Max Kellerman uses no logic in anything. Max Kellerman will say something like, yeah, I just feel like that's what's going to happen. That's not an argument. That's not an argument. Like, I just feel sorry. That doesn't help me. Now, give me some facts or something like that, but who knows, man? ESPN. Uh, you know, here's another one too. Neil Everett. You know, I grew up on Stuart Scott, Neil Everett. I, I, I remember watching him on, on the ESPN Sports Center a lot, and to know that uh, he's gone. I mean, I can see that being more like a retirement thing, um, but man, Neil Everett gone changes up a lot of things. You have to wonder what direction ESPN is going in right now. I, I what, agree. I and what does your future hold? I mean, come and on. That's, and that's going to be the hard part is figuring out where does ESPN go with content? Like, what does college game day look like without David Pollock? What does what does NBA uh, countdown look like without Jalen Rose? What does the NBA finals look like without Jeff Van Gundy? Because we've all loved Jeff Van Gundy being like this silly commentator on the, uh, on the NBA finals. Maybe they're going to add Ed Orgeron. Woo. You know, that would be hilarious. Um, yeah. Somebody that you can't right. understand anything though. Uh, yeah. But let's go into uh, our next in a, uh, next NFL uh, division preview today. And this week we're going with the NFC South. Um, lots of changes in the NFC South. This is going to be a very interesting breakdown, uh, mainly because we got new situations pretty much everywhere uh, in, in this division. And so I'm really looking forward to it. Let's start off right now. Um, Let's start off with the Buccaneers. Uh, just because the Buccaneers, they lose Tom Brady. Um, the you know, I, I don't think anybody will doubt it that he's the football goat. But uh, but right now they're going to make changes at the quarterback position, and I think they're going to go with either Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. They're going to go from Tom Brady to Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. I'm I'm just shocked by this, Sean. What do you think? I'm the same way. I mean, you go to Baker Mayfield. I mean, here's a guy that couldn't do it with the Cleveland uh, Browns when he had all the talent around him with Kareem Hunt, Chubb, um, you know, all, all the receivers at his disposal couldn't get it done. No. And you're going to put him in, you know, Anna Carolina has some weapons there too. DJ Moore, um, Deontay Foreman, et cetera, couldn't get it done there either. And you can expect him to do it with, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and Kate Oten. Uh, the defense is mediocre at best, maybe yeah. top 15, maybe top 15, 20, depending on how you slice and dice it. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going eight and nine. 
So still competitive. Yeah, still competitive. I think Baker does a couple of things that makes him look average. Yeah, I think I think they'll be. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna, gonna be there. He'll have his games that he's gonna be like, okay, Baker had a good game. Yeah, he's gonna I think there'll be games like, oh. in which there'll be games in which Skip Bayless will be talking a lot of trash about how great Baker Mayfield is. But I still think there'll be more than half the season. Eight and nine is a great point of and you're looking at it, where you're gonna be like. Skip, what happened to Baker Mayfield? Anybody? And he's going to come up with some excuse on why Baker Mayfield was unsuccessful. But oh, I, I can't help that. Mike, I can't help that Mike Evans dropped the ball. Yeah, I can't help that. I can't help that he got. A, I can't help that Mike Evans ran a route ten yards deeper than the ball went. Who knows what's going to happen? So it's going to be crazy. Um, let's go to the next team. Let's go to the next team. Let's go with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they return Arthur Smith at at, at, uh, at head coach. We think. Desmond Ritter will be, return as the starting quarterback. I would assume he will be the week one starter, um, but he was not impressive to me at the end of last year, so I don't know why we would just pencil him in. But it is the NFC South, and what we're going to talk about later, like next week when we talk about the AFC South, like it's a possibility that Desmond Ritter, you know, will probably get this year to kind of look and see what he does have. Now, remember, they're going to have another – they got rid of Calvin Ridley. He didn't play last year. And so now they have, you know, they now can fully plan their team with no Calvin Ridley to return with. But this is a team to me that's probably going to be a five or six win team again. Um, so, but for me, that's just what I believe. Sean, what you got? I think they're going to be seven and ten. Okay. Um, yeah, Desmond Ritter, Tyler Heineke as his backup, Bijan Robinson, Landon Drake, Matt, Coll- Matt Collins, and Kyle Pitts. I think they have some skill players at the skill positions, right? Yeah. I think their defense is pretty good. They got Jeff Onduko, Jesse uh, Jesse Bates, Bud Dupree, and Kalias Campbell. Yeah. I think defense is, again, pretty average, but I think they can help them, you know, maybe win a game or two. Help them with a couple games. Right. I'll go ahead and tell you that um, I have been finishing last in okay. the uh, in the NFC South, and then obviously I have Tampa Bay uh, coming in third at eight and nine. nine and so that's that's kind of where I see things. And I'll I'll say this: I think you will see uh, Lennon Drake have a pretty big season. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he does. I, I'm, I, I would tell you this: they're going to have Ritter would have to be very consistent at quarterback if Drake's going to have a good year. You know, I mean, it's just going to be how that is. But, of course, I mean, I like the addition of B. John Robinson. I thought he was a really good back at Texas. I just don't know how great he's going to be on a bad team. You know, and unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things where when you're picking high in the draft, the team's not very good, and he's going to be asked to come in and do a lot of work at that running back position. I'm just – I hope he does well, but at the same time, I just don't see it. I just don't see him coming out there and winning them a couple games you know, I don't think they're going to be a team that goes out there and, and lights the world on fire, not this year at least. Um, but, of course, there are teams that may take a big surprise. And they and Atlanta could be one of them because of the weapons that they have. But I'll tell you what, Kyle Pitts, this is going to have to be his year. I'm going to tell you that right now because he's right now telling people, I'm going to be a good back. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a good tight end. I'm going to be this great. I got to be great. I'm sorry, man, but where you're at. Sometimes, remember we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's about where you land. And for him, he did not land in a great spot. And so I hate it for Kyle Pitts, but we'll see what happens. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Um, they get, of course, they still have, you know, they got a pretty good defense. We know they have a good defense. The problem is they now have a new sheriff in town at quarterback. Derek Carr takes over, leaves there. 
I'm surprised that I would tell you. What, side note: I'm surprised Derek Carr admitted this year, uh, this past week, that it affected him that he got that he basically got benched in um in uh, Las Vegas. I thought it was very interesting that he came out and says, "Yeah, I cried for a couple of days over that." Well, at least he shows some humility, right? Yeah, absolutely. At, I have New Orleans, obviously, you know, win the division at 11 yeah. and six. They got Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Chris Olive, A.T. Perry, rookie out of the ACC. Yeah, I think he's going to have a he's going to have a good year for these guys. Um, and then also they got the rookie running back Keandre Miller to back up mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara out of TCU. So let's not forget that defensively. I think you're going to have their top 12 to top 15 defense. Right. Uh, you know, Dennis Allen has those guys ready to play every year. I expect the same this year. Tyron yeah. Matthew, Bradley Roby, uh, Lattimore. I mean, this is a this is good defense, especially in the secondary in the back half, which is going to make it very tough. And let's think of look at this in a division where all their opponents have start new starting quarterbacks. Yeah, and I and I and I was looking at that list too about games of getting starting against brand new quarterbacks. I mean, they got their eight of seventeen games. And they said 11 of those games are started by brand new quarterbacks uh, or on, on that team, at least. And I think that's a huge deal. And I also say, too, I also have them winning this division um, just by virtue of I think Derek Carr. And I've told you this before in private. I think Derek Carr is pretty good. You got to think about the trash he worked with in Vegas. Uh, never had a top 15 defense. Uh, he's going to have that in, in New Orleans. Never really had great skill players. Like he had Devontae Adams. He had Josh, you know, Josh Jacobs, all these guys. But you're going to have, you know, hopefully a full year of Michael Thomas. We haven't seen Michael Thomas play a full year in forever, but I'm pretty sure that was a, a very vendetta against the Saints situation uh, at quarterback. But I think personally they're going to come out this year, and I think with Derek Carr, very steady hand at quarterback. You know you're going to get a gamer. You're going to get a guy who's going to get there, practice his butt off, and have the team ready to go. I think that makes a huge difference in the world. Uh, and, of course, um, I think that's something he hasn't had. And, of course, we talk about Alvin Kamara. Man, what a game changer he can be, uh, especially for a Derek Carr. Um, it's a very good upgrade from Josh Jacobs. Uh, and so I'm very interested in what happens with New Orleans. Uh, I'm like you. You see him at 11 wins. I see him at – I see also see him at 11. I think 11 is a good top number for them to have. Um, and, uh, and for me, like you mentioned, they're a division winner. I, I will say that right now. Um, and then we're going to end off with uh, the number one pick. And Bryce Young uh, and the Carolina Panthers. Of course, we know they got a new coach, uh, former Colts head coach. Uh, Frank Wright is there. Uh, they got a new quarterback, Bryce Young. Uh, got rid of DJ Moore uh, out of the division, but it's very interesting what's going to happen with the uh, Carolina Panthers. To me, they're a second place team. I think they win about, I think they win nine games and they end up with a tiebreaker over Tampa. I think that's a very vast uh, improvement on what they did last year. I have the same. Um, I have them nine and eight, except the tiebreaker. I have, you know, obviously Tampa eight and nine. But yes, Carolina nine and eight, second this division. They have Bryce Dunn, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Darius yeah. Marshall, and LaVisca Sheenault. So let's not forget that. That's That was a former number one uh, first round pick from the Jaguars. The Jaguars. That's what yeah. And this is a good defense. I mean, they yeah. have Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, JC Horn, Bomb Bell. Uh, you know, Xavier Woods. So let's, let's not forget that. And so I think this defense is a top 10 defense, Justin, in my opinion. And so I think, I think I could see a ceiling here at 10 wins. 
I really could. They could they could probably get there if some things bounce their way. Um, I can see that. And, you know, and, and you know that how the NFC is not that strong this year. You you could see them get in as a wild card, maybe. Yeah, I can see it. I can definitely see a situation in which they do get, you know, a wild card or something like that. I'm interested to see how quickly Bryce Young accumulates to the to the to the NFL. Um, I'll tell you one thing I am looking forward to, and I and I know this sounds terrible. I'm looking forward to them playing the Colts. Uh, I think it's week nine or week ten. I am really looking forward to them coming out and uh and Frank Wright trying to gain some, you know, gain some revenge on the Colts um in that matchup. Um of course, unfortunately, you know, that matchup is a 12 o'clock game for the Colts. And so the Colts have not played very well on the road, especially at those 12 o'clock games on the uh on the uh south, you know, southeast part of the country, meaning near Jacksonville. But but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um any bold statements? Tyler Haneke will be a starter at some point this year. And uh, on top of that, the Atlanta Falcons will move on from Desmond Ritter and find a new franchise quarterback next year, either via free agency or the draft. Okay. I think that's very legitimate. I think that's very interesting. I, and I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Desmond Ritter either, but my bold statement is this. The New Orleans Saints find a way to sign DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're definitely a salary cap strapped. But they've always found a way to pay players and kick the note, kick the uh, car note down the road. I think this is going to be another situation. I don't know what I think they're going to come in to the camp, realize Michael Thomas is out there, Chris Olave, and they're going to be like, hmm, can we add a DeAndre Hopkins to this? I think that's a situation that could definitely happen. Um, but that's just a bold statement. I don't think it's practical. Again, they're gonna be they're pretty much handicapped by the salary cap, but somehow the Saints have always found a way to play a whole lot of guys and kick the can up the road. Mm. Hey, if it happens, that could be a dangerous five receiver core. I, I would agree, and I and I and I totally and I and I was thinking about that over the weekend when I was putting it when I was putting my list together things to talk about. And I was like, I said, man, we don't mention how the Saints have always found a way to pay players and kick the can down the road when money's due. They just always have done it. They did it with Drew Brees. They did it with Michael Thomas. They did it with Alvin Kamara. They had the same ownership and GM in place. Don't be surprised if they can do it again. It could happen. I'll say this. If you don't hear DeAndre Hopkins going to the Patriots or the Titans and nothing is finalized here in the next, let's call it five to seven days. Yeah. Anything is possible because pretty much those are the two teams that have been named close to him as destinations, um, those teams. And so if he doesn't land somewhere like in the next week, yeah. it's very possible. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'll go out there and I'll say this, you know, um, we, you know, we're, we're – we'll see, today's the third. We're about 20 days away from the first camp opening up. So how fun is that going to be when, you know, those teams open up and they're going to need some a veteran wide receiver? And who's and, and no offense, like I've told you before, the best ones out there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. We're gonna take some shots at some people. Sean, lead off. I'm gonna take some I take a shot at the Los Angeles Clippers, and I'll tell you <laughs> why. All they did was sign Russell Westbrook in free agency. They didn't make any big moves to go along with 
Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, you know, especially Kawhi, obviously he needs load, load management. He's been injured the last couple of years. Paul George has had his issues as well with staying healthy. But this is a team that I feel they got to cash in. It's either now or nothing. I mean, they've been dealing with this these two stars for the last three years, and nothing yeah. has really panned out. So I think it's now say, hey, we're either going to do something this year or we're just going to move on after this year with these two guys. And I would, would have thought that they would have put some more key assets and players around them uh, than they did so far during this free agency period. Yeah, they definitely have done nothing. I'm going to take a shot at the entire NBA because everybody keeps telling me, hey, they're not going to do LeBron any favors. They're not doing LeBron any favors. You did them a favor. Not one team came out and offered Austin Reeves a contract, uh, essentially allowing the Lakers to re-sign him at a cheap rate of $19 million a year. Don't Everybody's like, well, we're not, we're not doing LeBron any favors. We're going to make it hard. And Austin Reeves, who did great throughout the, re- the regular season and in the playoffs, all I kept hearing from other, you know, from these different sources are like, man, this team's going to offer him four years, $100 million, four years, $100 million, four years, $100 million. And that's the number that keeps getting thrown around. And when it came time for free agency, not one team signed an offer sheet for Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves returns to the, to the Los Angeles Lakers for a four-year, $56 million deal, $19 million a year, when they could have screwed him over. Because the, the, the Lakers have already said, we plan to match any contract uh, offer on Austin Reeves. And I thought that was a chance for the NBA to go out there and say, we're going to pay this dude a bunch of money that he doesn't deserve. And all of a sudden they were like, you know what? Never mind. We're not going to do that. Again, don't tell me that the league, the league doesn't want to do him any favor, do LeBron any favors. I think the league did LeBron a lot of favors by allowing Austin Reeves to resign in with the Lakers. Well, LeBron needs all the help he all the help he can get. So that, that, that is true. He's gonna need the help. Going into twenty-one. That's hard mm. to mention, man. That's twenty-one years. That that is something. I'll give you that. But we'll say that I know there's another I know there's a comment in there that you want to make, and I know you want to do it because that smile on your face is telling me there is a comment about some goat status about right there. And so I get it. I know. We're going to save that for another. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. That would be surprising for you. That's a, that's a game changer for you. Yeah. But here nor there, uh, we're going to come up to the end of today's show. And, man, what a great show it was. Hope everybody enjoys the 4th of July. Uh, we will be back on Sunday with episode 16. And we're going to preview. And I'm looking forward to it. We are previewing the AFC South. This will probably be one of the longest previews <laughs> of, of, the, of the whole summer. Because this is our division, no matter how bad the division is, this division we take a lot of pride in. Yeah, absolutely. It should be fun. Happy Fourth to everyone. We'll see you guys on Sunday.